Welcome to Mixing It Up Podcast. Today's guest is Thomas Sullivan, born and raised in St. Helens, UK. For those who do not know, it is a small town in England between Manchester and Liverpool. Tom, who views himself as an outsider looking in on society here in Israel, has lived here for the last six months. Prior, he worked for Domino's Pizza and then for Pharmacy to You, vaccinating against COVID-19. Nowadays, he lives in Katamon, Jerusalem with Dina and their dog, Toffee. I was young when I left home And I've been all rambling round But I never wrote a letter to my home To my home, Lord Lord, to my home And I never wrote a letter to my home Welcome, Tom, to the first episode of Mixing It Up podcast. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to talk to you a little bit about your experiences as a foreigner living here in Israel uh, in order to make some sort of data collection for future couples to make their experience easier and also to let the Israeli public know how it feels for an outsider uh, living here in this country. So I would like to, to start with a question, please. Um, you were saying that there is a difference between the religion expectations here in Israel. Could you please tell me a bit what exactly you meant? It's very different than what I was expecting. Um, obviously, never coming here before. Um, and only really hearing about it through Dina, it was... It, it, I had a preconceived idea of what it would be like here um, but obviously coming in as a as a foreigner and also not as a religious person it's like it's almost like every conversation that started with me on the street is is kind of like it's kind of led by a religious tone if that makes sense so for example if I'm stopped and somebody hears him talking to the dog in English and then they say, oh, you're from England, and that's usually how conversations start. Yeah. Um, it kind of, it always kind of goes down a religious route and it's kind of, I mean, I, I understand to a certain extent because um, obviously of the history of this country, but it's, it's I, w- I don't think demanding is the right word, but it's, it's, it's definitely an overbearing, it's an overarching topic that, always comes up first is is his religion so basically you're saying that people often ask what religion do you affiliate with even when it's, you it's 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 i very rarely get asked if what religion i follow it's just it's always just it's always just expected that i'm jewish and i'm yeah. I'm, I'm not even that I'm jewish i'm that religious and mainly firstly that i'm jewish yeah because like um I had a conversation recently with um, somebody who lives just further up our street um, and she was like, so what, what shul do you go to? And I was like, um, I'm not religious. I'm, and I, I went down, I went obviously explaining everything that goes on, the reason I'm here and what I'm doing here and the fact that I'm not religious and I'm exploring my options and 
it's just that it seems to be like 80% of the conversations are either start with religion or based around religion or have religious undertones and like I said I expected it to some extent but I, I, it was kind of like a, oh it was a bit of like a, not a culture shock but like a, a reality check's not the right word because I wasn't naive to the fact that this is a very religious country but it, I, think, yeah. I think you get what I'm trying to say it's, it was it was a very um it was a stark reality, shall we say. I think more than being a religious country per se, people for some reason feel that it is also their business, like your personal mm-hmm. beliefs or, or opinions. Uh, even as a local, I get stopped every now and then on the train by like ultra-Orthodox Jews who start yeah. explaining to me that my beard um, is actually a, a, like a divine sign of Judaism or whatever. And I always wonder yeah. like... Like, I don't even know you. Like, what do you want from me? You know what I mean? Like, before I came here, obviously, I heard Dean saying, like, I heard Dean saying the phrase, like, it's very Israeli. And I was just like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it is what it is. But coming here, it's like, it's the most Israeli thing to kind of just insert yourself in somebody else's business and just be like, okay, I've never met you before. And now I'm going to hear your life story. And it's yeah. kind of like <laughs> expected that you're just going to, that you're just going to word vomit your entire life story to somebody on the street and then probably never see them again. Exactly, which is very rare, and I would like to to ask you: Is that is it fair to say that that is very different from the culture in England? Like, meaning, people... oh, it's miles different. Yeah, miles <laughs> different. For example, like where I'm from, it's 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 very set in its ways. So, like, it's a small working town. It's it, mm. I like to say it's I like to say it's stuck in the seventies because, like, after all, the industry was in England was was found cheaper elsewhere. Like the, the working towns in the north are kind of forgotten, and that yeah. my town was one of them. So, like for example, I wouldn't say we're against outsiders, but we're stuck in our ways up north. Like the younger generation is a lot more forgiving because we weren't around when the industry was sold off. Yeah, but um, the new, like the older generation, are, are very set in the ways, and they've got very, 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 very stark beliefs and opinions. So, like, it's. It's just it, even just in our in, in England alone, like the north-south divide. Like obviously, the further south you go, the more mixed it is. Yeah. Um. And like, if if you're walking down the street in London, and you're talking amongst yourself, the chance of you getting stopped because of your accent is very very slim. Whereas here, it's like it's every fifty feet, someone's either looking at you or talking to you. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing all the time, but it's very very different to what i'm used to it's like it's it's I've, I, I don't think i've ever been stopped in england and just somebody's just sparked up a conversation out of nowhere yeah whereas here it's like my first day out would be dude and I'm, people were talking to me on the street and yeah. ever since then it's just been six months of making the same conversation every time somebody stops me yeah yeah i i was actually telling anna as a joke one of the reasons i bought these noise cancelling headphones is that whenever i would take the bus some random person would start a conversation with me at 7 a.m. And I just, I couldn't like deal with it. You know, it's like, I don't know you, like, I don't know what you want from me. And they're asking you like the most personal questions, like how many kids you got? And I'm like, dude, like, yeah. who are you? That, that, that's another thing. It's like, it's, I like I understand the whole reason behind the, the, the societal norm of, of having as many kids as possible in this country. I fully understand that. And to a certain extent, I respect it. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's no one's business. Yeah. It's like back in England, if you were to like, if you were to get the bus back in England, you you could have your phone on you. You could just be looking at your phone. Nobody would even bother 
try and talk. The only times we would talk to you would be to ask if a seat's free. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, it's like it's like everyone wants to talk to everybody. And like I said, it, it's not a bad thing, but it's also like I'm on the bus because I'm going somewhere. Like I want to get there and just get get be done with what I'm trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like it's. <laughs> It is inter- interesting to very, very like good work because like some some conversations can be for the better, some can be for the worse, and you can walk away from some conversations feeling like feeling judged, and you can walk away from some conversations feeling now oh, okay that was a that was a worthwhile interaction like I, I've, I've come away back from that conversation. Yeah, interesting, very interesting. I would like to ask another question, please. Uh, you've <laughs> mentioned the stereotypical tropes that people have about Israel. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about what you meant before obviously I was dating Dean and like I'd heard I'd not that I'd heard very little I just paid little attention to what was going on here mm-hmm. like I don't know if whenever we last time we met up that I talked about my uncle Steve he hit his best friends from here well his best his best mates from here he's, he's lived here since he was since he was his mid-teens um and that was the reason that my uncle came over here Um, so I kind of, my uncle spent about 15 years here. I grew up on stories of Israel. I never thought I'd come here. I just grew up on stories of how beautiful it was, how how picturesque it was. And I, I just heard all of these stories of like, of um, my uncle's travels around here. And then obviously me and Dina met and here I am now. And just like going from here in such, going from growing up here in such like profound, descriptions of it to then everything that happened last may yeah. hearing such it's it's such like a light switch reaction like people who have never bothered before talking or even commenting or posting sharing anything about israel to the second it's in the news and it's like it's 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 prominent in the world it's like oh we've got to be seen to be doing something and everything's just anti-israel um almost anti-semitism undertones it's just whenever it's the in thing to do everything's just anti-israel and i just it's something i vehemently disagree with even before i came here and even before my bias with obviously now i've got vested interest as such even before that it's just like people who don't probably couldn't even point out israel on a map the secondly hear israel have negative thoughts towards it because that's how it's painted out interesting and do you feel that Back home, do people now associate you with like Israel? Like do you get some of the negativity? Um, I have got negativity, yes. Um, a lot of a lot of my friends have been very welcoming. They've been like I've, I've introduced uh, Dina to a few of my friends back in England and the fact that she's from Israel wasn't even like it was more of a topic of fascination like oh, it must be so great. it was there was never any negative thing. But for example, um, somebody I was, I was semi-good friends with in high school, he, um, he's a Muslim. Um, and obviously him being a Muslim, he's got connections to um, Palestine. So when it was all uh, kicking off last May, um, obviously I was posting in support of Israel and I got a lot of, I got a lot of negative messages from people we were both associated with. um saying oh think think of this lad and, and his and his and his connections and it was just it was a very messy topic because 
Absolutely. Obviously, neither, neither side is innocent by far, and neither side has ever been innocent. But it's such a deep, it's such a deep issue that unless you live here and unless you are in the thick of it, you've got no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's like because if, like I said, unless you live here, unless you've you're deep into it, like all you're seeing is what's on the news. And obviously, we know what news is like. It's, of course, it's it's like a TV it's, show. It's for ratings. It's exactly. It's 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 a circus. Yeah. So circus. at the end of the day, if if you if you're throwing peanuts out, you're gonna get you're gonna attract monkeys, aren't you? And it's if if you just throw out one sided news, you're gonna get a one sided reaction. And like I said, unless unless you're investing, unless you live here, you, you're never going to know the truth. So yeah. it's almost like I thought when I came here, people would be like, so, so on to the fact that it's such a negative response from the outside world. But then when I came here, people were like, we've got enough on our plate. Like whatever yeah. people outside think of us, it just doesn't matter because they're not doing any damage from over there. Mm-hmm. Whereas we've got people here that we've got bigger, we got bigger fish to fry. Like, Interesting. And I think that's that's part of the big thing that I disagree with is the outside interpretation of the conflict. Whereas, yeah, I think the outside con- interpretation of the conflict is the thing I have the issue with. Not e- I don't like I don't have an issue with either side. My my main issue of everything is the outside interpretation and how the world views the conflict. Very interesting. Very interesting, and because I, I I know I'm never going to make a change to the conflict, but if I can, even just in my circle alone, if I can change the view to what the real reality on the ground, then I would feel satisfied. I think I'd I'd feel content with knowing that I've I'd made a change rather than trying to change the actual conflict because I know I know I'm never going to be able to. And I know. Probably anybody never will be able to. But if I can straighten some things out from out from the outside perspective, then I'd be I'd be happy. Yeah, the idea of being able to change as an individual clearly it's is it's far-fetched. But the interesting part is how as you migrated here, you know, not only do you need to adjust yourself to a new culture, a new set of values, a new climate, whatever it is, you also yeah. need to kind of People expect you to like also have an opinion about this whole situation, this whole conflict, which is like a, a headache on itself. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. it's so much to deal with. And then automatically you're associated uh, with one side or the other, meaning mm-hmm. like you, you're, I don't know, dating an Israeli. So now you're a part of that side, you know? So, mm-hmm. but, yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is very, I assume, challenging. Um Challenge, challenging is definitely a fitting word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Challenging is a fitting word. Is there any other thing that you would say is challenging to you as a foreigner here in Israel? Um, it's going to sound like really snobbish and really like it's going to be very British of me. Okay. But, um, I, I I kind of should have seen it coming, but I had so much I've had so much more on my mind here mm-hmm. that it's kind of like it always takes me by surprise. It's like this going to sound this is even just thinking about it, it's ridiculous it's like the I'm laughing because it's so ridiculous now now that I've sat down and thought about it it's like whenever anyone tries to speak to me on the street they speak in Hebrew and I'm still so like 
I'm still so not used to it. It's like, oh, even though I can, if I if I stood and thought about it, I could probably work out what they're saying because I've been learning Hebrew for quite a while. But because I don't want to just stand there and stare at them while my mind processes what they've just said, I'm just like, oh, I don't speak Hebrew. Yeah. And it's like, it's such a it's such a British frame of mind to just be like, you've got to speak English. I mean, you, you, you should know. And I'm just like, <laughs> it's, it's, I'm, I'm trying to not be so British, but it's, it's, but I've, I, I've, for the, be- for the better part of my life, I've spent 23 years in England. Like I've, every conversation that's ever been started with me has been in English. So it's like, of course I'm getting there. And like I said, if, if I was to stand there and probably think about what they said, it may take me like 15 minutes, but I could work out what they said. But obviously you, you can't just stand there staring at somebody while you're trying to work out what, the, what they're saying. So it's, it's, I'm getting used to it, but it still takes a by surprise. It's, of course. It's, I, I, obviously, is there anything else that you would say specifically to British culture that is very different or very, very intriguing or whatever it is compared to the Israeli culture? Like you're of, you've already said that like talking to somebody randomly on the street is not something you would do in England. Is there anything, any other example you can think of? Um, that that's the main one because like in England like, you speak to people you know on the street but you yeah. wouldn't speak you wouldn't just start ch- chatting to a stranger like you would here of course, of course. Um, not that I can think of sorry, it's people have been very standoffish uh, with people in the street obviously because of the of what's going on so like obviously because of uh, Rona and what have you people mm-hmm. have been very like It's, I think it's a very different world. So, like, I can't really make any comparisons to... That's true. That's a great point. ...what it's like, because I've only ever experienced this country as a COVID world. Whereas exactly. Whereas back in England, like... Mm-hmm. So, I think I think only time will tell. I think my answer may be different in a year or two. But at the mm-hmm. minute, the, the only one that I can think of is, like, is, is how sometimes friendly sometimes nosy people can be on the street yeah but yeah that's a great i know great i know i know like i know like 90 of it's in good faith but i know like you can't you can kind of tell by somebody's facial expressions like if it's in good faith or if they just want to be nosy yeah interesting so i'm i'm i'm, I'm kind of trying i'm kind of learning the, mm-hmm. the social cues as to how much to give away and how much to just be like come on let, let's go interesting Another question, uh, you said that you really enjoy the north of the country here in Israel. Okay. Can you please tell us what it is exactly? Is it the scenery? Is it the people? Is it what? Just tell us a little bit, please. It's so vastly different to Jerusalem. Like it's even like it's so vastly different, different to Tel Aviv. It's like I've, we, we went to, um, I remember, remember me talking about my uncle's friend. He, yeah. he lives in Kfar Bredin. Oh, yeah. Um, near Marlot, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and his brother lives in Amarine, so like mm-hmm. as far north as north goes. Yes. And it's just like, up there, it's just like, people are just popping about, doing their own thing, just doing what they need to. And there's no hustle and bustle of Jerusalem or Tel Aviv. It's, it's very much like the north of England, minus the scenery. It's like, <laughs> people just go about, do their own thing. It, it's very, it, it seems very warm and welcoming and very genuine. Whereas the hustle and bustle of the city, it's just like, it's either all guns blazing, all go, 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 or yeah. I'm going to lecture you about your life. Whereas up north, it's just, there's beautiful scenery, there's, there's nicer people, there's, there's less to be bothered about up there. It's just, yeah. I, it's, I, It's, it's just, in, the word that comes to mind is serene. 
because like, like I said, you've got the scenery and then you just got calmer, cooler, collective people. Interesting. So you would say basically that it's closer in terms of the, the, the mentality to Northern England than Jerusalem is. Oh, yeah, without doubt. So the way I picture it is like Jerusalem would be like South England. So like very hustle and bustle, very, very in your face. Whereas the North yeah. of England, like I said, is, is very quiet and it's very laid back. It's very, very laid back and very steady. Interesting. Um, Interesting. What is the craziest Israeli experience or Israeli-related experience that you can share with us? Minus the Mizrat Hapnim. Anything you um, want. Um, Israeli bureaucracy. It is the most stressful thing I have ever experienced. How so? Where do I start? Honestly, where do I start? Like... Just getting in the country was hard enough. We got rejected eight times. We finally yeah. got accepted. We went. We went to. Um, we flew from Heathrow in, in London. Uh-huh. So we we get to the airport and then they set the the take me dinner off to one side. This was like the height of Corona, so this is when you had to get an Ishreem to get in. Yeah. Um, so they saw me coming in with all our bags and pushing the car. I was like, "So you two come this side. We're just going to check your bags." Quote, quote unquote it was a random check it wasn't course, a random check it's always a random because, check like the pasty white guy coming with the Israeli citizen during corona it's it's not it's not going to be a random check of course so they searched they searched all our bags for 40 minutes the while they were searching our bags they didn't once look at us and then the second they were satisfied they let, they started trying to be best friends with me it would be and they started speaking Hebrew to Dina um, and it's like oh what, what, what are you stressing for it's just a random check so, oh, even before that, sorry, they separated. Before they started searching our bags, they separated us for 45 minutes. Um, and we're, we're grilling me and Dean. I was like, so how many siblings has Dean got? Um, what does Dean do for a job? Blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. So that was a whole ordeal. Then we got the audio searching our bags. So that, was, that wasn't that was the best introduction to Israeli, Israeli life, I guess. This, is, this so. is a point that a lot of foreigners bring up, uh, the bureaucracy and the mentality at the airport in which... like I think, I think my mistake was flying LL. Oh, definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Even I, as a local, don't fly with yeah. them uh, because they tend to always randomly check me at every flight that I ever take. Yeah. Uh, but my point is a lot of foreigners speak to the bureaucracy in the airport and bureaucracy in general as one of the main like downsides of 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 life here and i know that it really like hits hard because of the israeli bureaucracy is notorious yes so Mm -hmm. for somebody who doesn't speak the language i can only imagine how how frustrating it can get yeah it was hard because like obviously they were speaking to dean in hebrew and even just like the odd word to me, because they, they spoke English, because when they were speaking to me, they were speaking English. Like I knew they spoke English, but right. the entire time they, they were just speaking to Dean. It's like I wasn't even there. Mm-hmm. And I can understand that the level of detail they've got to go in because of, without without like sugarcoating it, because a lot of people want to kill Israel. So it's like, I understand like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that the the level of intricacy they've got to go into, I, I, I respect it almost. But like when you're in the thick of it, it's like, okay, guys, come on, I'm I'm here for genuine reasons. Mm-hmm. So so we went through all that, and then they allowed us to go th- to the gate. And as I'm about to board the plane, me and Dean are the last two people to board the plane. And then they say they tell me to come to one side, 
and they pull me one side completely, separate me and Dina. And what can only be described as like a little like mentality check. They show, and bearing in mind, it's not illegal to own a Quran in this country. Obviously, they showed obviously. me a. They, they sh- they showed me a picture of a Quran in a suitcase, not even my suitcase, an empty suitcase, saying, Why have you found a Quran in your suitcase? And I don't think they were expecting me to give them as much hassle as I did. But I was like, I hope that's not my suitcase because I've not put that in there. That's not that's not even an orange suitcase, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And I think they were kind of taken by surprise. But the worst part was it wasn't even my suitcase. It was an empty suitcase, Jeez. and it was just a picture of a Quran. Like, a, it's not illegal to own a Quran in this country. There's Obviously. plenty of Muslims in this country. Yeah, and B, why? Why are they so like? Why are they even trying to do that to me? So, all, up up until that point, I had three interactions with Israelis, and every single one of them was negative. Yeah, and wow. it was, it was kind of when we when we got on the plane, they, they were absolutely fine, but it was just it was almost like everything up until the point of getting on the plane they wanted us not to get on the plane they they are really i don't understand why i mean i understand why but but just they are so like discouraging and even myself that i'm israeli but i look not local every time i land in israel there is there are issues but because i'm local i can basically send them to fuck off but for others the the this this um not knowing what is going on is and, and the whole like you, you do, as, as especially as a first time you don't know the level of of how you don't know the authority that they have exactly like looking look, looking back at it now they were just airport attendants yeah yeah but at the time you're like can, can i tell can i tell these people to get fucked can, can i can i just say no i don't want to talk to you yeah but look like i said looking back at it now they were just airport attendants but in, at the time it was like we had spent we had spent eight months trying to get trying to get me any streams to get accepted into this country yeah. and it wasn't working so like we were going to do everything we can yes sir no sir three bags full sir we were going to dot our t dot our eyes and cross our t's and just do everything we can to get on that plane but like but it's i think i'd be a little bit more israeli about it now yeah but at, at the time like, yeah, like i've only been here six months but I like because you're surrounded by such intensity it's it changes you very quickly changes your your perception of it things as well of course very quickly of course it just it's one of the key issues that immigrants have to face and it is something that i hear a lot and we are thinking of how maybe we can let the like officials know that you know you can't treat people you know like that like mm-hmm. it is it like, is hey, this, country, on, this country re, sorry this country re, relies a lot on tourism like it's it's exactly for, for, for the three biggest religions in the world it's it's one of the hottest destinations so like yeah. they rely a lot on tourism and if tourists like first view of of this country is such a negative one it's like you can't the kind of shooting the kind of shooting themselves in the foot it's like why should exactly. we bother if we're just going to get treated like shit at the airport and, and it's at a every real corner disservice as well. yeah absolutely yeah it's, it's it's a disservice to such a a stunning beautiful welcome country Aye. Because like once once you're done with the the official stuff at the airport, it's great. Yeah, I've I've I've, I've never had an issue since being here with anybody apart from the people at the airport. Like even like it took us nearly five hours to get through Heathrow. Heathrow is not that big. When yeah. we landed in Ben Gurren, it took us twenty within twenty minutes of landing. We were in a taxi on the way to Airport City to get a serological test. Yeah. It was such a stark difference. Democracy. What can we say? 
<laughs> I have one more one more question for you. Uh, I would like to ask if you had to give one tip to a future couple who hopefully will listen to this podcast as it goes viral uh, what would you <laughs> what would you say? Persevere persevere it's it's a hard place to live. It's an expensive place to live. Absolutely. It's a stressful place to live. But it is a beautiful reward in place to live. Would you say that it is much more expensive than England? Oh, it's so much more expensive. Really? It's ridiculous. Wow. It's outrageous. <laughs> it's absolutely outrageous. I agree with you. I'm laughing because Just I'm aware. Just like, like one of the things, that, two of the things that I can think of, two of the things that I'm looking at right now, cereal. Cereal is ridiculous in this country. Yeah. Six pounds for a box of cereal. You can get four boxes of cereal for that price in England. I'm, do, I'm doing like the conversion rate to my head. So yeah. say 40, 40 shekel for two boxes of cereal. Uh, uh, that's that's like nine pounds. So four and four pound fifty a box of cereal. Geez. Milk, like five hundred like half a litre of milk is uh in the market next door. It's nine it's nine shekel seventy. Wow. So over to, over two pound. Whereas it, in England it's a pound for two litres. Wow. It's so different. Fascinating. But it's 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 an expensive place to live, but it's very rewarding. It's very community centered. It's, it's it's a very welcoming place to live. Obviously, you've got to be on your guard. You, there's there's certain places you don't go at night. There's yeah. there's things that there's certain things that you you can't get you can't get away with here that you can get away with in other countries. Yeah. But a, a lot of it is just common sense. But Obviously. it's a very rewarding place to live. It's a it's a welcome it's a warm place to live it's and when it's, you say that it's when you say that it's warm would you say that like the locals are warm or or the country itself like the weather wise or um definitely both definitely the second one because when we came <laughs> here it was like it was 35 36 oh, yeah. years and Classic. It, it, we, we were we were near death every day <laughs> but like like i was mentioning we live next door to a shop and I remember getting out of be dude and having to go to the shop for the first time on my own, not speaking a word of Hebrew. I couldn't even I couldn't even say thank you in Hebrew. And going in and there was like four people in line behind me. And for the, it was it was so demoralizing for the first time having to say, I'm sorry, I don't speak Hebrew. Do you speak English? And the the person behind the counter not hearing me. Yeah. I had to say it again. And when when you're already nervous to introduce yourself to people, and Sonny doesn't hear you first time, and you have to say it again, it's 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 a real kick in the stomach. Interesting. But ever since that first time, they know not to speak to me in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. They speak to me in English. The mm-hmm. well, the, the guy who owns the shop, I can't, I can't work out where he's from. It's definitely very Israeli, mm-hmm. but he speaks in Spanish, he speaks in Hebrew, he speaks in Italian, and he speaks in English all in the same sentence. So it's like it's they're very welcoming and the shopkeeper's very Israeli, but the even just that 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 first interaction where they're like, okay, don't worry, take your time and they let me speak it out. And I like whereas like going back to England for a second, it's like especially the north thing, like I said, we're very stuck in our ways. So if somebody's speaking their own language on the bus. The older generation were kind of you're in England now. You got to speak English, whereas here, oh wow, only, uh, yeah. I remember being on a bus going to work, and there was a Polish family who had just moved in. Um, they could speak English, but obviously, if they want a bit of privacy, so they were speaking Polish on the bus mm-hmm. very quietly. 
And there was just this this elderly gentleman at the back of the bus. You're in England. Now you've got to speak English. If you don't like it, get out. Oh, wow. Um, whereas here, every time I've said, I'm sorry, I don't speak English, people are like, oh, it's okay. Or what's England like? It, it's almost like a, it's a good thing and it's a, it's a topic of conversation rather mm-hmm. than something to be looked down upon. There's only one time I've had somebody had a negative response to me not speaking Hebrew. That's in- the only one time. Interesting. In, in six months and that's amazing for that I'm very very well I'm very very happy and very very appreciative of it great so basically you say that persevering is the main advice you would give Persever. to the future couple because yeah. it, it will test the strongest of relationships it will drive you to your wits end mm-hmm. and most of that's just getting in the actual country the bureaucracy and the process of getting a visa and getting a partnership visa and everything to do with it with the Ministry of Interior is stressful and you will most after most of your visits you will walk away feeling like shit you will walk away questioning your decisions but then 10 minutes later you realize where you live you realize that you're in one of the most beautiful countries on earth and you're with the person that you love so persevere and Israeli bureaucracy is not a reflection on the rest of the country. Yeah, that's a great point. Great point. And on this, we end our first episode of our podcast. So thank you very much, Tom. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs>